Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another broadcast on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight, you're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness, with your host, J.R. Thicklin. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. Comments made on tonight's broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Blog Talk Radio, the Soul of America Radio, or its host. Hope and Healing takes you from a place of pain, abuse, violence, rejection, and abandonment to a place of hope, healing, and power. All aboard with your author, activist, advocate, and friend, man of purpose himself, and your host for the evening, Mr. J.R. Diglett. Yeah. Not a matter of politicizing it tonight. 
It is a cry. It's a cry for those that need healing. It's a cry out to those that have been impacted in such a profound way. And I want you to be a part of this tonight. I don't want you to be on the outside looking in. I want you to be on the inside and working this thing because of the fact so many lives are at stake here. So many people have been devastated as a result of what took place. And we do not have time to continuously try to make it something that is not. We need to just take the time to really look and begin to speak to uh, this issue. And that's what this platform is about tonight. So I'm going to bring on my uh Special guest co-host tonight. He's going to be with me tonight, and then you hear him oftentimes with us. And uh, that's none other than uh, uh, former Deputy Chief Michael Blow. It's so good to have you with us on tonight, and I appreciate you taking your time to share this platform with us. Uh, <clears throat> thank you very much, Pastor, and it's um, it's a pleasure to be here. But uh, it's sad to be here under such unfortunate circumstances. Yes, indeed, and, and and that's one of the things you know when we have incidents that cause us to mourn and cause our, us as a people uh, to really look at how impactful violence is. You know, terrorist attacks or whatever type of violence, it is very devastating and it is very painstaking when we see innocent lives that are taken in such a brutal way uh, uh, for no other apparent reason other than hatred. And when those things happen, it is amazing how it it causes conversations to to get uh, really stirred up in our society. Unfortunately, there are a lot of conversations that comes up almost as if they're blaming. And oftentimes, when things happen, we blame victims. We blame the people that are that are the ones that are injured, that are killed, that are most offended by. And that's not what this show is about tonight. This show is rather about making a definitive stand that violence is never acceptable, no matter on what level and for whatever reason. And I don't know tonight, perhaps there are those that are in tune to the NBA game and everything. There's a slow night for us on the boards right now, and and now we will acknowledge that as this call go on. But I think that it's very important that we have the opportunity to address this. And, uh, Chief, this is devastating. You know, we, we've seen uh, – mass shootings, and we've seen mass-type uh, murders happen in our country, and, and even more so over the last few years, we, we've seen these type of shootings and these type of things happen. And yet and still, we could never say, and I hope we never able to say that we're used to these type things, because these type of uh, tragedies impact us, and they reach far and deep. And uh, I don't know about you, but I was quite troubled when I woke up in the middle of the night, I mean, four-day Sunday morning, and I was somewhat in a daze, and I'm seeing, you know, CNN showing all these different things and Orlando police and all these different ones, and I heard them say they're considering this a mass, you know, uh, you know, mass shooting. And I was somewhat confused because just the night before, just the night before, a very well-known young lady, up-and-coming star, 22-year-old, had been killed by a young man right there in Orlando. Once again, she had just finished a concert and was signing autograph, and she was killed. And I was somewhat confused, uh, you know, in my sleep uh, that this was the same incident. But I was very much awakened to it, and it concerned me for a number of reasons. I have a son that's there at the University of Central Florida that is in Orlando, and I know that he's a young man. I know the fact that uh, downtown Orlando is a place where a lot of different things are. And so I did not know, and I texted him early, early in the morning. He did not reply, and so I did what any parent would do. I called him. You know, I texted him only to, to uh respect the fact of not waking him up if he was asleep. But after I didn't get a, a reply back in, in what I considered a long time, which was seven minutes for me, <laughs> you know, I, I immediately you know, called him, awakened him. He was unaware of what had happened, but what was so tragic was he said to me, he said he had just left downtown uh, that night around about 11.30, 12 o'clock. And so he was less than even a, uh, you know, uh, four blocks away from where this took place. And so you can understand that inside of it, he later tells me the fact that uh, he knew exactly where the place was. As a matter of fact, one of his, uh, one of uh, uh, the persons there, uh, that uh, his former college mate, uh, actually college mate there, had just had a birthday party with a friend at that same place about two weeks ago. So regardless of what, what we're seeing is real natural. Uh, I mean, real, real, uh, what I call places that people go, and all of a sudden on this tragic night, it changed forever. And um, 
and and you I mean from your perspective chief you know this is this is a massive undertaking it took the the cooperation the coordination of law enforcement from every different facet but also a lot of well meaning uh uh you know good citizens that was there as they was helping to get people inside of vehicles or whatever to get them to hospitals and I like to take your take on it because the fact this is a little different i mean you you happen to be there in, in, in the Prince George's County area during the time of the D.C. sniper, which was a different type of, uh, if you would, violence in the sense of the fact, yes, they were sniping, but it wasn't a mass thing at one time. So i love to hear your insight as uh, far as this whole situation, how it has played out and how it's come to pass. Certainly, Pastor. Well, with the D.C. sniper incident, of course, that was unique in itself because you had um, two gentlemen that were – wreaking terror in the entire Maryland, D.C., Virginia area. Now, when, when you're looking at fear, uh, you know, fear is fear is fear. And, and what I mean by that is this incident in Orlando will certainly give pause for citizens as they go about doing their daily business and going to restaurants and to the theater and so forth. And I'm certain that now people will start to pay attention to things and people and, and circumstances uh, because of the very nature and the very horrific nature of this uh, tragedy in Orlando. Uh, with the D.C. sniper, you had the same thing. Not, you didn't have as many people killed, but the manner in which people were getting killed. I mean, you could you could be walking through the parking lot of your job, and the next minute uh, you, were, you were fighting for your life. Uh, you... Uh, as in the D.C. sniper incident, people were at Home Depot um, and being shot in the middle of the parking lot, at gas stations being shot in the head. A young man uh, who happened to live in my neighborhood uh, was a young man that was shot by the sniper uh, on his way to school. So in, in both situations, uh, you are impacting the daily lives of people, uh, inexcusable behavior, uh, simply slaughtering people, just because you have some issues that are percolating uh, mentally. And, and regardless of your, your ideology in terms of whether you're, uh, you're Jewish or Christian or Muslim or, or whatever, uh, people that are not experiencing mental challenges don't just do these types of things. You don't just decide one day I'm going to get my rifle and I'm just going to start sniping people uh, randomly as, as they go about their daily business. Or uh, tonight is the night that I'm going to walk into the, you know, the Pulse nightclub and, and slaughter 49 people and injure 53 others. And so the, the, the similarities, of course, are the fear and the shock that it has to the region and to the country. Certainly with the, with the sniper incident, uh, you, I don't know whether you happened to be in that area during that time, but uh, events were canceled, after-school activities were canceled, people didn't want to go to the gas station. They were driving, you know, into other states to use, the, you know, get gas. It was, it was, it was a mess, quite frankly. Uh, in this situation, in Orlando, you have, uh, you know, just a, a a horrible loss of life, 49 people, and and the same thing. It's going to impact that community forever. And um, it's it's so unfortunate that these incidents have occurred, and and of course, as we see now, now uh, what is occurring as as the law enforcement folks move through the process of investigating this incident, they, just like in the Muhammad case, uh, now it's like okay, what sign did we miss that may have clued us in on this type of destructive behavior? Absolutely. You know, and, and when you look at this, you know, the one common denominator is definitely fear and the terror that is uh, being struck into the hearts and minds of the people. And, uh, you know, I, I spoke to my son even again this afternoon, and, and one of the things that he said, I said, well, what's the climate like there? And he, he had an interesting response. He said, Dad, he said, the people in Orlando are very strong and they're very solid in the midst of all of this. You know, and I can't help but to think that perhaps I don't know if there's any way to prepare for this other than the fact because we've had a number of these tragedies here, and perhaps because this tragedy was 
targeted at a particular group, you know, is that where this type of resolve is coming from? You know, sometimes people rally around pain. They rally around a cause, and that seemed to be the case here. Having said that, I, as a parent, for just a few minutes, experienced the whole, you know, uh, situation of hold up, where's my child? You know, I, I want to know he's all right. And the tragedy that we've seen, and we've seen the interview of the mother whose son texted her and said that, you know, I'm going to die. I'm here in the bathroom. He's he's in here, you know, and, and just the terror of that. Uh, another mother there that uh, knew that uh, her son was there, uh, knew that her son's friends, who he was with, was critically, you know, uh, injured, but was still saying, well, you know, no, I haven't heard a word on my son. I haven't heard anything about my son. Only to later be named as one of those that was uh that you know that 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 died and these are the type of things that you know when you look at these type of things happening you have to ask yourself a question you know uh this type of violence this type of mass type of activity how it really uh affects us long term how it affects the way we live how does it affect the way that we enjoy life how does it affect the way that we that we continue on those are questions that I, I think that people have in their mind. On the other end, when we start trying to figure out the reasons why, I think that's the most complicated thing because we have a tendency to want to find a reason that is justifiable or that sounds well enough to justify why it happened. And in this case, in all the cases we've seen, it is absolutely, there is no justification for it. It is senseless. It is hatred at its very core. And I'm reminded of the words of Dr. King said, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And that's that's where I think that we have to recognize in our society because, you know, you hear so many different responses to what have happened. And there are those that want to justify, uh, you know, uh, the target audience there. And I think there is no justification. We have to look at the fact that senseless, brutal hatred, and in your case, in many ways, you know, you got mental issues going on and, I know that people oftentimes don't want to hear us talk about people that are suffering mental issues and mental uh, situations going on. But whether one is severely depressed, whether someone is psychotic or whatever it may be, as you said, there's no one in their right mind that wakes up one day and says, you know what, this is the day that I am going to shoot up this place. I'm going to destroy people. And in this case here, that, that, that makes it such a tragedy is that this this the, the actual shooter resides just in the next county over from where I am and I, I looked at the interview today with the shop owner and he was very very I mean, he was he was almost sad that he ever purchased a gun from him but as he said he purchased it legally he did things that he had to do to get the gun. Our problem is, is when we think about that he purchased these guns not at the same time, the handgun at one time and the and the uh, assault rifle at another time, and the part that is very disturbing to think about, you know, here in in, in Florida and different counties have different, uh, you know, have different type of um, you know ordinances and things. Uh, in some counties, there's a three-day waiting period, and others there's a five-day waiting period, and they call it cooling off period. And yet, still, this guy here went through all of that. Well, he didn't cool correct. off at all. No, and, and didn't, that's uh-huh. the discussion that's being ha- that's being thrown around. Uh, I've, I've, like many Americans, I've been following this in various forms throughout the day, and that's one of the discussions that I found on pretty much all the networks. And that is, you know, this guy was was uh, on the watch list for a while. And the FBI looked at him uh, in 2014 and I believe, again, earlier in either 2011 or 2012. And in both cases, after going through a process, uh, they determined that uh, he did not constitute a threat, at least at that particular moment. And so he was, at that point, he was in a position that uh, he wasn't charged with a crime or any other type of violation, so he was eligible to purchase a firearm. And then if you look at, at this back at his background, um, there are reports that he wanted to be a police officer. There are pictures of him with NYPD shirts on. Uh, he was a security guard. 
He was uh, licensed to carry a firearm in the course of those duties. And, and so, you know, when you look at that just on the surface, and we're not even getting into all the other issues, but it looked like this was a young man, I mean, outside of the fact that he was picked up on the watch list, but outside of that, it looks like a young man that wanted to engage in some type of law enforcement career. And, Absolutely. Uh, and, and so there was clearly some type of uh, fascination with law enforcement and, and all of the trappings. But on that dark side, uh, there was this um, there was this anger and this this uh, volatility that uh, this young man possessed as well. And, and I, but I do think we need to to caution your listeners, and that is right now we still don't know exactly what occurred. Uh, no one Absolutely. does except those that are investigating this. I mean, we've heard a lot of heard a lot of folks on the on the news and on and C-SPAN and satellite radio and, and all kinds of other places espousing theories. But the reality is that we don't know exactly what occurred outside of the obvious. Uh, they're still looking at this young man's background. I know they're they're in the process now of, of, of uncovering every rock, every pebble that this guy may have ever stepped on. They'll be looking at his background. They'll be talking to his neighbors, talking to his parents, looking at his his social media um, writings and his computers and his cell phone and, and so forth and so on. And so this is a very active investigation uh, just in terms of what exactly uh, triggered this, what was going through his mind, what did he do from the second he walked in that door to the time that the officers uh, subsequently took his life. And so there will be a very in-depth investigation to find out what's going on. So right now, we can only take the snippets of information that we're getting from all these sources and try to piece together something. But, you know, technically, we still don't know officially, lead investigators, this is what happened based on the available information that we've been able to obtain. You know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing here because of the fact you know, we are inf- we are a society that we want information. We want it right, quick, fast, in a hurry, and it's not always that simple because there's a lot of things um, uh, that goes into these type things. Uh, it is as important to make sure you put out accurate information and not feed speculation. Certainly. And sometimes I wonder... Are, are we patient enough as a people to wait for those things to take place? Well, I, I think the days of patience have long gone. Uh, in this era of of um, Twittering and, and FaceTiming and all those types of things, uh, I know my daughter actually found out about this incident, she said, because she got it on Twitter as it was occurring. And wow. I did a, a lot of people. And then the news was breaking in, talking about what was going on in Orlando and so forth. So um, the social media was way ahead of this thing as it was even uh, occurring. But you're right. I mean, people want to know for a variety of reasons. Uh, They want to know, you know, how could – because we're all wondering, and I'm wondering myself, how could you just um, create such an evil plot and then have the – I guess the fortitude, if you will, I I hate to use that word. I usually use that for people that have courage. Uh, But how can you have the the wherewithal to to actually then go and do this type of horrible thing? And then, of course, we've heard that um, he did not agree with the LBGT lifestyle, and we also heard that he pledged allegiance to uh, ISIL. And so when you put all that in a bag and shake it up, this is certainly an indication that this was an unstable young man, and we even heard from his ex-wife that, that uh, and as you and Dr. Douglas have talked about every week, um, he was involved in several domestic violence incidents uh, with his wife. And so yes. that, is another, that is another red flag. And so it appears that there were, were quite a few red flags that this young man um, possessed, that um, including being watched by the or interviewed by the FBI as a possible terrorist, that he was able to to get a hold of those clues and sort of bottle them up 
and and continue with his with his lifestyle. You know, uh, one of the things that that you said that is so that is so important is that you know, and I've seen a lot of things. I've, I've kind of blogged to some of these things, and there were those that emphasized the fact of his the statement toward the LG. Uh, LGBTQTRSUV community because it continues to grow inside of it. And my 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 response to that is is very simple. There are a lot of things that I don't like in life, but it does not give me the right to destroy it, to hurt it, to attack it, or whatsoever. And when we saw this played out inside of this, I, I don't I don't know about a lot of other pundits out there. It did not matter to me whether they were gay or straight, whether they were Jew or Gentile, whether they were black or white, Asian or Hispanic. It mattered to me that these were innocent lives. These were innocent lives. These were people who chose to go to a nightclub to enjoy themselves in whatever manner they decided to, whether it was to reward themselves for hard week's work or whatever it may have been. That's a a freedom. That's a freedom to do so. That is a liberty to do so. No one has the right to then come in and, I mean, and destroy literally families, generations. It was something of epic proportions. And it is important. Our response as as a people, as a nation, is going to be critical. Now, we've had things to happen before. We've had Sandy Hook. We've had San Bernardino. We've had uh, Colorado. We've had uh, Fort Hood. We've had so many places where these things have occurred. And yet and still, there are those that will find even more hate to place on top of the incident that already happened. And so it is one of those things that I'm really considering that we that we have to consider going forward, that our attitude in this nation as a result of this type of violence uh, must change. We don't need to lose sight on the act of what has taken place. I do think that we need to collectively consider where do we go from here? How do we begin to uh, how do we begin to better prepare ourselves for different things? And I, I I know people don't like to have a conversation. Well, there's a sector people don't like to have a conversation about gun safety or gun laws or whatever. But somewhere along the line, there's got to be some type of reform. And I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that looks like. No, I don't think it's a matter of going and collecting everybody guns. And I don't think no one ever proposed that. But I do think going forward, we're going to have to really really look at the what's happening because chief i'm of this mindset we are the united states of america once upon a time known as the greatest nation on earth and we believe that and yet it's still we have more violence we have we're having more violence than any uh civilized industrialized country and it's happening and it's not and i like to say it's not just happening at the hands of those that we think are extreme uh you know terrorists either it's happening at the hands of of individuals period i mean we, you know we often talk about domestic violence in this country but we we talked about during the time of the uh, of literally of the war that we had there with the iraq war, uh, with the war that occurred there inside of this uh in iraq we talk about the number of people that lives that was killed in that war we talked about, I think it's nearly something like in the neighborhood of almost, uh, you know, almost uh, uh, 8,000 people, something like that. And yet it's still in that same time period, we had a number of women that was almost uh, double that in that time. We didn't consider those as terrorist acts. So my, my whole point now is about violence, the state of violence in our society, and why violence is seemingly acceptable in some cases. Why do we, why do we as a people accept violence? At the, at the level that we do. Well, and historically, there have been violent and terrorist incidents, um, and, and you alluded to some things. I mean, if we look back at the just at the history of, of African Americans from the the lynchings in the South to the bombings of the churches, uh, and and violence has not been exclusive just to the African American community. If we if we move into the more contemporary times with the Columbine High School shootings, the the um, the 
the elementary school in Connecticut. Uh, we look at the Aurora, Colorado shooting, uh, and, and of course, and, and I'm skipping around with some things, the, the Beltway right. sniper, and then we move into this latest incident. Uh, we've had uh, homegrown terrorist incidents for decades, and so, and and of course, there there were different issues at play during the various decades that that may have contributed to these things. But this is not a new thing to our 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 being, if you will, unfortunately. But I think you you hit on something very crucial, and that is so. How do we? What do we? What now? What do we do? Um, we, we certainly need to honor and 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 um, and properly grieve for those that were the victims of these horrible crimes, and and certainly uh, provide whatever support that we can provide to those families and those communities because uh, they can clear this out and and find out these are the findings and and we're rebuilding and we've torn down that whole but at the end of the day. When you still go to that area of Orlando or you still drive by the Aurora Theater or you still go to certain spots in Montgomery County or Prince George's County or Northern Virginia or you go to Columbine or, or any of those other places that had this type of violence, that's, there's still that, that, that stigma in the air that, wow, I can't believe it. It's almost Absolutely. like they, these places are hallowed ground. And so I think... We certainly need to get to a point, regardless of your, your, your political ideology and, and all these other things, to at least let's, let's have some, some discussions about how we can make this work for everybody. Because at the end of the day, we, we want to be safe. We're not going to agree on, on politics and I like, I like uh, hamburgers versus hot dogs and all these other things. But I would hope that as the leader of the civilized world, we can all agree that all Americans deserve to be safe as they go about doing their daily business. And so I'm just hoping at some point all the rhetoric will, will calm down at least to a point where everyone could sit down and have some candid yet productive dialogue and, and develop some solutions and so forth that will keep us all safe. And, and I think I'm just hoping at some point, you know, I hate these expressions that the grown-ups will get in the room, and that will be the focus. It's not that I'm a Republican and independent, I'm this and I'm that, but we agree that the safety of America is paramount, and let's make sure that we can, you know, that you can go to a nightclub and enjoy yourself, or you can go to the movies and enjoy yourself, or you can go to school and get an education. Regardless of where you are, you know, we want you to be safe. That's what we're all about. It's not that is the agenda. Safety is the agenda. Not getting votes or not getting all these other things. The agenda is nothing but safety. And absolutely, and I think that's so important. I think it's important. It is critical because I think what happens a lot of times is that when we put it on political scales and those things there, even if it's a great idea, and if my party didn't come up with the idea, then I'm automatically disagreeing with it. And I think that that's where we have to understand the fact that we we can't see ourselves as being you know Democrat, Republican, Independent, or whatever. We have to see ourselves as being human beings, being Americans, Americans, and what is best for us as a people what is best for us our safety our quality of life and all the and all those things and, and, and for us that are parents you think about it we we think about our children and they, they you know eventually our grandchildren what type of world will they live in you know we don't exactly. do things to, to 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 begin to offset this now to correct these things now what type of world will they really live in Will they enjoy the liberties that really was afforded to us by the Constitution? And when I say afforded to us by the Constitution, let me make no small uh, bones about it. You know, it did not come. It did not come free. It came at an enormous price. And for that all to be lost because of the fact we simply could not get along here in this time period because of a uh, politics would be really a travesty. 
And so we have lots of work to do, a lot of things to do in order to correct this and in order to uh, bring healing to our nation. And I believe that is that is crucial. More than anything, I think there has to be a place, a time of mourning, a time to grieve, a time to stand with these families. And, and these things are, are absolutely necessary, necessary inside of that. So, um, you know, we as a we as a people, we all have a responsibility to do this. Is still to love our brother, to love our neighbors as ourselves. But even more so, we have to understand our response is so crucial in this hour. Uh, darkness would not drive out. Darkness, only light can do that. And we have to understand that in terms of it. It's not time to finger point. It's not time to blame. It is really time for us as a people, as you said, we are going to have to bring our collective minds together. And think about what is the better and the greater good and what is best for us collectively, because we're all living in this world, you know, our way of life. We have a very open society, if you would, and that's the way it's been. And we've enjoyed those liberties of this open society. Now what we have to consider is the fact of what's next. What happens when those things are compromised? What happens when you're almost turning back the hands of time, all the things that was fought for? are now gone, and that's what will happen if we sit back and only point fingers and never consider the fact of, um, you know, the future. How will that future be impacted? And I think that's very crucial inside of that. You listen to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Hold Us. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and uh, along with our special uh, co-host tonight, uh, Chief Michael Blow, uh, and we're discussing violence here in America, and the fact our title is Violence is Never Acceptable. And so if you'd like to reach us, you can reach us at area code 323-784-9638. That's area code 323-784-9638. That is how you reach us tonight. And even as you're holding on the line and even as you're there, we're going to be right back after this commercial break. Once again, you're listening to Open Healing, a journey to wholeness, and we'll be right back after this break. is the soul of America Radio. Thank you for listening to J.R. Thicklin, Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. We feature every Monday night a show solely devoted to people that are going through abuse some type of problem in your lives that you can't work out. We mainly focus on domestic violence, the cancer in our lives. Join J.R. Thicklin, your host, here every Monday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock p.m. Central, right here on the Soul of America Radio. You can contact Jay every Monday night at 323-784-9638. Or you can listen to him online. Just follow at soulofamericaradio.com and listen for look for live streams. And that way you can speak or listen, whichever your choice may be. Thank you for joining us tonight. You're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin, on the Soul of America Radio. If you're listening via Internet and you want to speak to the host, Please dial 323-784-9638 and press 1 to be connected to the host. This is the Soul of America Radio. Here's your host, J.R. Thicklin. And welcome 
to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us here tonight on the Soul of America Radio Network. For those of you that are just tuning in, we're right here every Monday night, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. That's 8 o'clock Central, 7 o'clock in the Mountain Time Zone, 6 o'clock in the Pacific, and wherever you may be around the globe, you can reach us here, and you can also get us on podcast. So any of our previous shows, including this show, after we're done, you can always go to www.soulofamericaradio.com. Go to Hope and Healing, and you can get the podcast of fast shows. Now, a very special guest co-host is with us. He's no stranger. He's with us quite a bit. Uh, his insight is incredible, and I'm so grateful for what he brings, and that's none other than former Deputy Chief of Blow. And we, uh, we left off talking about the fact of really what our response is because we have a future to consider. Orlando's situation hits home, and I think it hits home for a number of reasons. You know, when we think about Orlando, everybody think about Happy Land. We think about Disney World. We think about um, not only Disney World, we, we think about Universal Studios. We think about so many things that happen in Orlando, and yet it's still this tragedy happened there. Here's the same place that the NFL is about to move the Pro Bowl to uh, over the next over the next several years, and it has been a central hub uh uh, for not only entertainment, you got, uh, number one tourist attraction and all those things there. Chief, my, my question is, we talked about earlier how acts of terror and these type of things often have an impact on cities and, and the people in those cities and things of, of that nature. Do you think that the posture of the people, the response of the people will determine how it, it how how it, it impacts everyone that's coming from the outside. In other words, the locals around Orlando, the way they respond to this, the way that they unify, the way that they come together, will it will it make a big difference in terms of what the climate, if you would, will be moving forward? Oh, I certainly do. And everything that I've seen, it shows that the community has certainly been galvanized and and. And mobilized. I mean, you have people that are giving blood, and 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 just the response that you saw the day of the incident, from the, like I said, the blood drive to uh, the, the calls for support, and just a lot of various types of things to show that the city is going to to move forward, and that's that's a big statement because you still have the immediate impact of 49 lives that were lost and all of their families and friends. And I'm sure that spans out across the Orlando area and, and, and throughout the United States because, you know, people Absolutely. have relatives all over the world. And so, but I, but I think that the city will certainly rebound and they will certainly move forward and they will certainly um, take the appropriate um actions to make sure that the the memories of of these 49 people are never forgotten and in an appropriate way and and certainly after 9/11 there's been sort of this uh resilient attitude of of America which is good in terms of you may have brought down these buildings and you may have killed a whole lot of people but guess what we you're going to have to do a little better than that to stop us from doing the things that Americans need to do to uh, to make it every day, and I think you're going to see the same thing here. And but with that being said, I think that part of that that changing attitude is is what we said earlier. Uh, we we need to look at lessons learned uh, all the way around. What what is it? Is there something in the climate that is is breeding this type of contempt for a particular segment of the community? And as we talked about earlier, uh, if you look back from the days when 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 African Americans were being hung from trees, you know, by the dozens up to the the latest shooting that we had here in Orlando. What what is it that may be creating that 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 climate for that type of hostility and subsequent loss of life of innocent people? And uh, that's a very important discussion. And again, uh as we look at the at all the lessons learned from the response was the response appropriate? Uh, what about the the follow up responses? Were those appropriate? How about the 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 victimology? What what services we offer the victims and their families? You know, just everything from A to Z should be fair game in terms of 
appropriate time, of course. Right now is the time to make sure that those families are receiving the support and the information they need to to move forward, and then all of these other things can can fall into place. Well, well, I think you're you're right on the point with that. And one of the things that 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 you know we we go back to 9/11. That out of 9/11, many things changed in this country. The birth of a homeland, the Department of Homeland Security. You know, uh, now we deal with TSA agents in different places. Uh, many things changed inside of that. Uh, and and in terms of the fact of the lessons that we have to learn here, have to be lessons that that really that will require the, the cooperation of everyone. Uh, I think the, the most dangerous thing that could happen is when the fact that if we find ourselves looking to blame rather than to find a better way and to find a better way out of all of these things that are happening with us. And, um, you know, and, and that's why I think that it's paramount at this time. Area code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. That's how you reach us. If you're if you're on the line and you desire to have a comment or question, simply hit number one on your keypad. That lets our producer know that you want to get on the airway. And if you're listening by way of internet right now and you'd like to have a question or comment, just simply dial once again. Area code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. That is how you get us on today, uh, Chief. I, I wanted to talk just a little bit about about this and. Um, we're going to be coming up on the 10 o'clock hour. That's 10 o'clock uh, Eastern time, and I'll be looking for the signal whether or not uh, we're going to take it to its full hour and a half tonight or not. But I, what, but I wanted to get to this part here is once again, you know, um, as a society, I believe that we have to have us, uh, we, we, you know, it, it's natural to feel or it should be natural to feel the pain and the grief and the hurt. For these families and every last one of these individuals that have been impacted by this egregious act, and yet it's still we are hearing things out in our society, all on social media, that I think in many ways are heartless. They're thoughtless. Uh, there are things that really kind of, if you would, put ignorance on display. And my problem with that is when those type of things are on display like that. It only feeds into the hands of individuals who committed this type of act. Because if my ideology, if my faith even, is one that somehow or another informs me that because I am not in agreement with a person's lifestyle or a person's you know, choices or whatever, that somehow or another I am doing the right thing, I'm doing some type of spiritual, uh, you know, martyring or whatever uh, by injuring and killing these type people. I, I think it's so important that we that we make sure that we're not saying things that only, in my opinion, just lights, the, the lights fuel or throw fuel on a fire there. I think in a time of tragedy, we have to respond with compassion and love. We have to respond uh, like human beings in the sense of the fact that no one, I don't, I don't know anyone that could actually say somehow or another this was some type of righteous act that took place. I think that all of us can identify with the fact that here is something that just struck at the very core of who we are. Uh, once again, as I uh, was uh, looking at the news and strolling down social media pages, I uh, happened to see a young man I know very well. I've known him since he was a young kid himself. He's recently in Orlando area, and one of his coworkers was one of the individuals that was killed. And uh, he gave tribute to this individual, always full of life, always great advice, you know, been there for me in times when I needed a place to just vent. You made it possible for me to come to a safe place, and wow. In a moment, in one act, gone. And I think that what we have to understand that in, we're living now in a society that literally what must be reinforced and reinstated is that we have to look to be our brother's keeper. We have to look to be our brother's and keeper, our sister's keeper in this case here. And I think that that's the, that's the way that we get through it inside of that. And so, you know, having said that, Chief, I'm just – I'm just looking at the fact of so much that needs to be 
learn from this. There's so much that needs to happen in order for us to heal as a people. You know, we uh, definitely we need to continue to reach out and with love inside of uh, being aid to the people there in Orlando, and uh, and to see what we can do as a people to um, to build from this. Certainly, and and with with every tragedy, believe it or not, there are there are some some moments that. Uh, Bring a a degree of 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 civility, if you will, or the opportunity to grow. And so I'm I'm hoping that this is no exception. Uh, this was a, a an awful thing to occur. It was there's no excuse for it, and um, and it, it's just demonic, no matter how you look at it. And I'm hoping that out of this, perhaps there is. Uh, going to be a, a growing tide of understanding for difference and and you know differences differences in lifestyles differences in opinions and, and those types of things because uh, like you indicated earlier uh, whether you agree with uh, people's religions or lifestyles or, or whatever we are we are all human beings and and I can't imagine anyone that could agree that these 49 people deserve to die in such a manner. And so I, I'm hoping that through this tragedy um, it will enhance the degree of understanding uh, throughout the country in terms of appreciating differences. I think it's so crucial inside of this. You know, the one thing that I think is called the common denominator for me is that we're all human beings. We're deserving of love. You know, when a when a you know when a mother or a father looks at their child, they see their child. They see their child, one who's worthy of love, one who's worthy of compassion, and that's who they see. They enjoy their laughter. They enjoy uh, they enjoy the success. They enjoy those things about their loved one. No one has no one has a right to just destroy those type things. You know, even as I listen to the father of the of the man of the person who committed this egregious act, he was shocked. He was totally shocked at what had happened and and he himself began to apologize for what his son had done. And it makes me think of in terms of, you know, life, you know, things happen. We don't know why people turn the way they do. We don't understand necessarily to the greatest degree why or what influences them to the point where they have this sense of such a great intolerance of others. Because, you know, from a from a spiritual point of view, I always look at tolerance like this, is that there is a grace that's been dispensed upon all of us. I'm quite sure that, listen, there were things that we did, regardless of maybe on a different scale, that we had to come through. And we was not always as acceptable and as always as alluring and and, uh, and admirable as we later became. There are some people in our life probably can tell stories about the fact that we got on there, certain things we said or did, but it took them a certain degree of grace to be patient with us, to walk through us. And so, uh, and so, uh, you know, I think we have a lot of work to do as we go forward. I think we have a lot of work to do in making things better as a country, and I think that, um, you know, on our subsequent show, we'll get a chance to get into this directly. I, I'm assuming there are a lot of people that are probably still glued to the television right now and everything, and that's perfectly all right. I understand that in terms of, uh, of our, of our call-in audience. Uh, we have no way of knowing about those that are tuning in by way of the uh, Internet. But what we do know is this, is the fact that we will continue to uh, try to bring knowledge and bring information that will help us all grow inside of this whole um, issue of dealing with um, uh, violence because we know it's not acceptable. Give you some words to get a chance to just uh, give us some parting words, closing words that, that I think is important for that will be important for us to hold on to as we transition through these times. Well, I, I just think that uh, certainly this is this is a time for reflection, and and it's also a time to look at how 
we can reduce the opportunities the opportunities for these types of events to occur. There are certainly no magic beans that will allow that to occur. It's going to it's going to take a lot of effort because when this is all said and done and the and the emotional high, if you will, that's been reached right now has sort of subsided. Uh, will there still be that level of commitment to really look at conditions and, and other things to make things better? And so let's let's just hope that from this tragedy some good will come in the future and that the community at some point will be able to heal to the point that people are able to get back to a routine of, of enjoying themselves and enjoying their community. I think that is so critically important. I think those are words that we could uh, definitely take in and as a community become stronger, become wiser, and to become better inside of it. In the meantime, I want to take just a moment to pray for the people there that have been affected in Orlando. And God, we just thank you today for we thank you still for your mercy and your love. We thank you for what you've offered us in your grace. And, God, we lift up the families of those that have been impacted there in Orlando, those that have lost loved ones, those that have loved ones that are critically injured. We pray today, God, for peace over our nation, over our states and our cities. We pray today, God, that there will be peace on earth and that there will be love rather than hatred, where there will be light rather than darkness, but most of all, where we will find in you, Lord God, healing. We ask that even tonight, God, that you continue to take us to a place and lead us in a, a place and a path that is higher than us, and that, God, that we will continue to be mindful, Lord God, that you're love, and that, God, that if we will demonstrate your love, God, we'll find peace here on earth. We just ask these blessings in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Chief, we look forward to be back at it next week. We'll have a whole lot more information at that time. And, and until that time, I want to say happy Father's Day to you and happy Father's Day to all the fathers that are out there. And want to encourage you out there in the audience, listen, take the opportunity to acknowledge that man, that father in your life that has been uh, uh, been a crucial part of it. And until next week, this is Hope and Healing, a journey to hold us, and we admonish you, stay safe and remember, balance is never acceptable. Good night. Time.